Welcome, everybody, to the Strength and Skills Podcast, the very best podcast in the world. <laughs> this is your host, Nick Tibusek, and with me is my co-host, the legendary, the boss, Rado, the boss, Bosic. <laughs> Becoming better and better. I'm working on that daily. Yeah, you can see that. Hi, everyone. <laughs> All right. Today... We're gonna have a an, a pretty interesting um, episode as we're gonna talk about periodization and periodization model basics in the end. So we're gonna explain a little bit about how do you plan periodization, um, which models are there, um, so that everybody has the basics about it and uh, what works for 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 what people and what do you need to change to. To, to, to in the end always stay on the track on the game train to make progress so i think i, I will ask you rado what models are there in the basics to 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 have certain certain kinds of progress well in the basics of everything you have firstly the linear model then you have the wave formed model of periodization and then in the end also the block periodization which we already kind of talked about then you also have more complex models which integrate all of them into one training block into one training program and also some other things uh, which yeah we won't explain today so we'll stay with the linear and the wave progression one all right what would you say If you have to explain Lydia periodization model within maybe one sentence, what is it? Um, yeah, it's a periodization model, which is pretty simple. And it's basically based on the uh, way that intensity and volume behave themselves within a training block. So they're changed within a training block. Yeah. So very simplified. I think, yeah, I think that, that can be applied to every periodization model. But uh, simplified, the linear one is one of them is mostly fixated, while with the other one you do the progression. Yeah. Yeah. As uh, the linear model is pretty much. Most of the, the time, the one that works for beginners very well, and it works very long. So most people can work with a linear periodization model for, I don't know, two years, at least, definitely. Absolutely. So you, you take a certain rep range, you put on weight until the system breaks, you deload, and you do it again. Yeah. It's, it's 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 pretty simple yeah and then there will come the time when you don't progress anymore and then you have to think about certain other periodization models which might be different kinds of 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 linear models or just a wave model but in the end when you look at training from from the highest perspective maybe not not only a bird's perspective maybe a satellite perspective 
when you start with training and you look at the start and the end, maybe when you're 90 and you die, hopefully, hopefully you train until that time. Everything that you do is always a wave model. And that's very important to understand that the waves are always there. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, I also um, was in the mistake of thinking that the linear model is exclusively a linear model where you have like the volume going down and the intensity going up and that's it. Uh, but when you look at the big picture, then uh, what happened afterwards, it's the same thing basically happening again, but then these two things would have, they would form a wave. So yeah, just as you said, you have to take a look at the big picture. And when you look at it from, from a, maybe a graph view, it's always a wave because you higher up maybe intensity and lower down the volume that brings up a wave or maybe two waves it depends um then the other other hand would be sticking with the same thing until it breaks which is just maybe you have like six reps of pull-ups put on weight do it until you can't progress anymore then you deload and do it again so that's a wave the wave is breaking the next wave is coming so pretty pretty similar to the ocean. <laughs> um, the other would be, of course, as you already said, you, you higher up the intensities. Um, you, low, you lower down the volume. So you have one wave that is intensity. You have the other wave that is uh, the volume. One goes down, the other goes up. And that's... So you have like two waves when one is higher the other one is lower but that's that's actually pretty much the the wave that is the most common mm. as it's explaining itself yeah most of the time and um it's very important to understand this sometimes you have this kind of model during one block one cycle or you you have to zoom out a bit and to understand that this kind of model might be not only a wave within a block or within a week or something. Sometimes it's just a model that you have over the complete year. So that's what we already explained in the last um, episode where we talked about um, also the, the some, some, some uh, kind of periodization things that you um, have the block periodization stuff where uh, what, you, what you already mentioned, Rado, um, which is very important um, to understand in the end, everything is always a wave because it works like that usually. So even if you have this, this classic five times five, it's always a wave because you come from five times five to four times four, three times three, two times two, I don't know, yeah, however you want to do it, you can also you can also skip with stay stay with the five uh, set model and lower down the reps until you have five times one, and then you start off again with the five reps, and that's a wave. It's a wave all the time, and volume and um, intensity switch with each other, and that that's that works for most of the people. 
So most people might think of it as okay, but the only thing that 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 matters to this is my one am goes up, and that's why this is called the linear model, because that goes higher and higher and higher. But on the other hand, um, as we already explained, for the pyramid that you need. Um, you also have to to look at the um, other things. How's the technique going? How's the the, um, the the volume going? How is your work capacity going? And um, that's that's also the the important factors here. And you always have to keep these things um, a little bit in mind, as sometimes these things also, um, of course, influence each other during the time of periodization. When um, you go with a wave and you go very very high on intensities and very low on, on 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 the volume you have to do so because you will fatigue so much on the central nervous system through the high intensities that you will not be able to recover a high volume mm. and that's very important to understand this is why we actually have periodization models because of the fatigue and when you have lower intensities you can actually go high with volume, of course. What is not hard, you can do a lot. This is like when you when you have to do a sprint and you, you go very fast, you probably can't do very fast sprints for a short amount of time. Um, so, so often, but you can do a lot of runs. That way you just maybe run for, I don't know, depends on your level but 10 20 kilometers you know stuff like that that you can do actually do that very often but you will not be able to do a 1am squat every day and that's a very important one to understand that the the fatigue to the central nervous system is a very important one and when we talk about this system this this periodization model in the end you always, always have to keep in mind that we have to understand that these things always um, affect each other and that's why they are there and that's why we have to understand them and to use them to progress in the end the best mm, absolutely so you basically don't want to make a phase too long up to the point where you basically decondition yourself from other, um, yeah, other factors in your training. So say you don't want to keep the intensity base too long so that uh, it affects your fatigue, just as you said, but also you don't want to keep your hypertrophy phases all too long because you can then decondition yourself from those uh, neural adaptations that you made, and then you can possibly have negative effects on your uh, specific monorail training. Absolutely. Because what we have to understand is when we go higher up with the intensities, um, we actually help the body to use more muscle fibers and use them more efficiently. I'm talking. Um. I just can't say the word. I don't know why. <laughs> right. Um, you teach your body to to um, to use more muscle fibers and use them better. <laughs> um, 
to move more weight. That's that's a um, adaptation that comes actually from the brain to the nerves, which stimulate the muscle fibers. And the better the connection gets, the more weight you can actually use. On the other hand, you have the other driver of strength, which is actually hypertrophy, when you have more muscle fibers, uh, which are actually there to get used from the nerve nerves. Mm -hmm. um, then you can actually, in the end, move more weight. So this is why I always say there are no skinny champions. So if you want to be really, really, really good, you need some muscle mass. That's the point. Of course, you will always have some skinny people, but there will come the time when they don't progress anymore because they don't have enough muscle mass. And then they will need more muscle mass to actually move even more weight when they completely maximize what they already have. So it's good to always bring up some muscle mass and bring up some central nerve, uh, some, some, some strength through better functional nerves, if we can say so, um, to bring that, that in the end to the best level that you can actually achieve from to, to, to get to the most potential that you can have. And um, this is why we use the prioritization models that we already mentioned yet now. <laughs> um, and the um, important thing here is to really understand the drivers that we have there. And the most important ones are volume and intensity because volume is more for, for, for um, hypertrophy and the intensity is a little bit more for, for strength. But... And here comes the big but. It's not like you do very light training and do loads of volume and you grow as much as possible. Because <laughs> this is a little bit um, difficult to say so because the, the, the problem that we will have here is you always have a range of intensity and volume on the big, big, big range that you can actually use. Um, where you grow the best and stimulate best for strength. So um, as when you, when you would look at a, a runner, a marathon runner who trains legs, we all know he doesn't, but um, no, no hate. <laughs> I'm just joking around. <laughs> um, who actually has a shitload of, of volume on the legs, actually, because he's running so much, they actually don't have big legs usually because the stimulus is not the right one to grow muscle. And that's a very important one. So there you see volume is a key driver, but it's not as like you need loads of volume to drive that <laughs> to, to a big amount of muscle. I mean, look at, look at Rado. He has grown massive legs during the last two years now nearly two years and i think you we, we just hit the right volume for your legs you know that's the thing within yeah. the right intensity and yeah. you you also wrote a lot of strength there so we just found the right and uh, mix of volume and intensity for the muscle fibers in your legs that's why you can easily deadlift 
210 for seven. Was it like that? Something like that. 220 for seven. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> so that that's that's the thing. Yeah. Um, what people need to understand that this is actually there is a, a sweet spot where you perform the best, but the sweet spot is not this set, like seven sets of quad quads by the intensity of eight. No, sometimes it's it's a little bit in a in a range. And you go from one side of the range to the other side of the range with the volume and the intensity and 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 switch that up over time. And that's what we actually do with periodization. And that's very important to understand here. And there's different types of fatigue. There's when there's central nervous system fatigue and, of course, the muscle fatigue in the end. So everybody knows that. Yeah, you had a hard pulling session yesterday. Your biceps is completely done. Yeah, you know that. Oh, fuck, my arms. Oh, I can't move it. Uh, you probably will not be able to um, completely um, give the power output into the next pull session that you maybe planned for today. <laughs> Because yesterday you had a pulling session too. <laughs> But you... <laughs> You will see it, it, it will not work and it might not be because of uh, your central nervous system is so shut down because you maybe did loads of, of stuff that didn't affect the central nervous system a lot, but the muscles are tired. So that's the fatigue that I'm talking about when I talk about this kind of muscle fatigue. And then there is this other kind of fatigue that everybody that who lifted heavy already probably experienced. When you lift very heavy, you go to bed, you sleep like shit. And on the next day, you feel completely wrecked. But it's not only, it's, it's not mostly, it's not this, oh, my muscles are so tired. You just feel completely tired. It's not, there's one muscle that really hurts. Sometimes, of course, yeah, sometimes it hurts. I don't know, my, my glutes, my hammies, I don't know, stuff like that. Yeah? Of course, my, 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 my lats. Um, very often are a little bit tired or hurt a little bit, but it's not the same thing um, as when you hit it with loads of volume. But I'm completely done on the next day. Everybody who lifted um, or deadlifted or especially back squatted had that feeling before. I mean, <laughs> you don't hear him but he's sitting there smiling like oh yes fuck <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had the exact, exact same thing yesterday so the day before I had squats and then I had to deadlift yesterday and everything that you described you described it perfectly so at some point that, that, that's the thing it, it happens like that And this is why people need to understand that there are some drivers and fatigue is a thing and there are different kinds of fatigue. And um, usually during a block, you accumulate kinds of like the central nervous system fatigue. And um, especially through exercises which um, lead your body to have to stabilize the spine This is most of the time the, the exercise that fatigue your central nervous system the most because at that time, the central nervous system in the end wants to protect your body to stay alive. 
And um, when we do so, that we put some weight on that spine, the, the, the central nervous system is like, okay, okay, danger, danger. We need to protect. We need to protect. We don't put on more weight in the end because maybe all the small little muscle fibers and, so, and all that stuff might be a little bit fatigued. The central nervous system recognizes that and said, okay, you can't lift more weight because I want to protect you and I want, 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 want you to die because you already accumulated so much fatigue for, for, for the body. And um, in the end, for us, it's the most important part to understand that with the periodization model, we try to be able to push that work capacity that we have there with this accumulated fatigue. And we want to push that so that the body can actually adapt to that load that comes in there. And next time, be stronger because we maybe use muscle fibers a little bit better or even more of them and make them in the end stronger so that um, the, the, all the muscle cells may use ATP a little bit better and stuff like that. So this is, this is a very simple explaining of what happens during that um, periodization things, but I want you to understand the basics for that. So um, I hope you, as a listener, you, you uh, get this. If you don't, uh, feel free to contact us on the Strength and Skills podcast on Instagram. Uh, shoot us a message and ask your questions. That's a very important one. Um, and yeah, coming coming from here, I think we should talk about some 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 periodization wave models because we already had the linear now. Yeah. And um, we can now talk about li a little bit about about the um, wave models. What would you say? Which which wave models are there? Uh, well, yeah, with the waveformed periodization, um, this is also known as the undulating periodization. And then there you have waves uh, within a day, within a training week, or maybe even within a training block. And these waves are basically changes in volumes and intensities. So where you have maybe days with uh, higher volumes and lower intensities, and then on the other days you have lower volumes and higher intensities. Um, and then in the end, they form like waves. And this can also happen within a week, and also within a training block. Yeah. So having like, maybe it, let, let's talk about how, how would a day look like when you have a wave in the day? Yeah, sure. So for example, let's say we have a pulling session. On the first day, we have um, heavy muscle-ups and light chin-ups. Then maybe on the second day, we would have light muscle-ups and heavier chin-ups. That would be a wave-formed wave periodization. Yes. Yeah. And there are also classic wave uh, examples like I think lots of people know um, the Wendler this is this 5-3-1 model where you do five set, uh, five reps in the first set with a with a, uh, a weight at I think if I have it right in mind 8 RPE 8 something like that Some, something within the I don't know the percentage right now because yeah. I, I don't care <laughs> actually but um on the next next set, you do like three reps, and then you do a single 
and um, the the weight. There are different models of that. You can actually switch the weight, but you can also uh, stick with the same weight. Depends a little bit because you you're gonna get tired a little bit during the sets because it's three sets and you do the single in the last one, so you're probably gonna be a little bit fatigued. But there are some people who are actually not that fatigued during a training session that much, so they can actually also switch up the weights. This is that comes in the individual stuff for that, um, and this is also my personal experience with that <laughs> um but that would be a, a wave within a day and then there's also the wave model that you already said during the week that you have one week one day the, where the intensities are higher and then you have the other day where the um volume is a little bit higher and then you could also have a wave where one week is a little bit more with volume, then the next week is a little bit more with intensity. So you lower up the weights um, in the first week and have like, I don't know, maybe eight reps. And then in the next week you have like five reps and the intensities go a little bit higher. And that could be a model that you have there. And then of course, the thing with that is you can also switch stuff up not only with the intensities, but also with the volume. So there's one week where you have a higher volume and then there's the other week where you have a lower volume. This model could also work. Yeah. That, that's another wave that would work depending on what time where you're at right now. And the, 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 the art of doing so is understanding what works the best for which athlete. So... In, in the end, that's a very, very individual thing where you have to um, bring in the stuff that you experienced with the certain, with this one athlete. Um, the next thing of wave would be from one block to another. The classic one that we already discussed, um, having one, one, one block where you are more with, I don't know, eight to 12 reps with the back squats. And then you have the next block where you maybe do six to eight um, reps. Then you do four to six, you know, and during, during, uh, during the time you have this kind of wave stuff where you bring up the, the, the um, reps in the end a little bit more or play a little bit with the, with the set volume. So that's, that's the stuff. Um, where the big wave, the bigger waves come in, and then you can also see this from the time of not, not only days or weeks or months. You can also see that from a point of of years. So it could make sense for some people to bring in times where you just have like a complete focused year of hypertrophy, where you really, really think of, okay, I want to use this year to put on as much muscle mass as possible because I really pushed my strength the last year. And now it's time to bring up some more muscle mass to push strength afterwards again. And then you have a bigger wave where, where you bring up the, you brought up the, the, the intensities during strength times. Then you bring up the volume during the hypertrophy times. And then again, you go back to strength and see but the, the very important part here is to understand that the stronger you get, 
the lo the less volume you will be able to recover. That's a very important one. The more advanced you get, the less you can actually do because you will not be able to recover. When when you look at the best squatter that we have in the world right now, Ray Ray Williams, that, that guy probably will hit the 500 on the on the on the squad. I yeah. think he will. Yeah. Um, I don't think this guy squats three times a week. And I don't think he has a lot of assistance exercises in his, his in his program. I mean, he's a genetic freak. He definitely is. And he, he, he still squats a lot for that amount of weight that he moves during his sessions. I'm pretty often when I look into his Instagram story, I'm, I'm surprised actually how often he squats. Yeah. But on the other hand, there comes one thing in that is very important to understand. You can also work up the work capacity for high weights during your training. And this is also some stuff that actually my, my, my own coach does that sometimes to me, that we bring in blocks where we work on my work capacity to bring that back especially when um, when we go for a peaking, we hire up my work capacity before, then we go into the peaking to actually feed from that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that, that, that's, that's some stuff that we uh, sometimes need to keep in mind that all these factors are very important to understand on the long run. And this is why prioritization models are very interesting very good but you always have to keep in mind you have to individualize them to the single person whoever you are you are different to the person next to you and your body will react different to certain models so you always have to take these models that you have all these rap schemes these these things and you have to adapt them to the individual person That's very important. Of course, certain models work well for the general population. Like five times five worked for everyone in the beginning. But then there will come the time where you have to adapt that and maybe bring up some, some other stuff into this system that already works, but maybe work better with that stuff. And then you have to find out, okay, works. does it work better with this one? Maybe this percentage in the intensity works better for me or this volume. Sometimes one set more, uh, one more set is sometimes very, it's the key driver and that's it, what you needed. Sometimes less is better. So it depends. And that's very important to understand that um, all these models that we have are always there as the base. And from there on, you have to adapt them. That's very important. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really important because you look at these models and they're basically like simplified representations of how it actually looks like. But most of us aren't those examples from the textbook and it depends on so many factors. So it's important for people to know that because 
many of us were probably disappointed when we found out that this doesn't really work like that. It maybe works a bit differently. So having that in mind is yeah, definitely important. Just so you are on track with the mind. Um, maybe it takes longer for you, maybe it takes shorter for you, but I just know that all of these things depend on so many factors um, that textbooks and models from textbooks can't really acquire for. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I think for the base, we have everything. If you have any more questions about that topic, please feel free to contact us. If you need any help with that prioritization models, feel free to uh, reach out to us. We do have some slots in our coaching program. Um, whether you are a way to calisthenics guy uh, going for competitions or just uh, wanting to, to, to get as strong as possible, then we definitely have the hybrid um, athlete strategy for you. Feel free to contact us. Um, it's bar underscore bell underscore coaching on Instagram or you contact Rado directly if you want to um, contact him, Rado underscore Bosic. Exactly. And the other possibility would be me, Nick underscore Tibu. Um, feel free to contact us. Uh, I would love to hear from you and make you progress better. Enjoy your day and progress hard.